get reconnected with that little voice because that is our stability. That is our, that's our own personal GPS system that will guide us through and help us weather any storm. Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 27. I hope that you are safe and healthy in these highly unusual times. If you are one of the people impacted by the pandemic, my heart goes out to you wherever you are in the world. Listen, don't let that bring you down. Hold your head up high and keep a positive mindset. Remember, you have a choice. You can choose to take a positive outlook on life despite the circumstances that surround you. Whatever energy and attitude you project onto the world is what you will believe and ultimately it is also what you get back in life. Every time things get hard, I think to myself that the best opportunities, the best life-changing decisions generally come out of the biggest struggles we face. And your ability to remain resilient and strong and grounded can make a huge difference. So hang in there no matter what challenges you are facing. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the show and thank you for being here. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while now, Thank you very much for being a loyal listener. By the way, why haven't you signed up for the podcast mailing list yet? Sign up for the list so that I can notify you when a new podcast episode drops. Go to umarjang.com to sign up and get the show notes for this episode and other podcast episodes. Okay, enough talking. Let's get to the business at hand. My guest today is Shelly Paxton. Shelly has an amazing story of transformation that will inspire you to do some soul searching of your own. Essentially, she woke up one day and realized that her highly successful job was negatively affecting her well-being and she decided to do something about it. And that changed her life forever. Without further ado, let's start the interview. Hi Shelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here with you, Umar. Absolutely. No, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to, to do the interview. Would you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit, little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'll keep it to the short story. And if there's any, any digging you want to do or unpacking you want to do, you can guide me. Um, the short story is that I've spent uh, 26 years as an advertising and marketing executive in the corporate world, most recently as chief marketing officer of Harley Davidson, a little brand you may have heard of. And um, I was kind of at the top of my game at the peak of my career when I realized that I had ticked all of the boxes of success on the outside and I was feeling empty and almost kind of emotionally and spiritually bankrupt on the inside, I was kind of living my dad's dream and living completely out of alignment with myself. And so there's a whole big story about how that happened. But the net result is that it was an epiphany for, for me. It was like the universe kind of shaking me out of, you know, my own, um, my own fog and saying, it's time to pay attention to your life. It's time to nurture and connect with your soul. 
And that was three and a half years ago. That was the beginning of me becoming chief soul officer of my life, going on a journey that I called my soulbatical to nurture my soul and understand what it would look like to live more authentically, courageously, and purposefully. And from there, I realized that that was actually my calling. And so now I am an author, a speaker, and a liberator of souls, aka a transformational coach. Right, you know, that's interesting that you say ticking the boxes of success. I actually, I had a question in the back of my mind saying to channel, to be, I guess, a dev, devil's advocate for the listeners to say, oh my gosh, why would you leave a job like that at an executive level, successful, I'm, I'm assuming decently well paid? What about the job made you want to really reevaluate and say, is this really what I want to do? You know, what's interesting is it wasn't really about, I mean, obviously I was working in, in one of the sexiest jobs in marketing for one of the most iconic brands on the planet. And by the way, the question you just mentioned is the question everyone was asking me at the time. <laughs> they thought I had lost my mind, seriously, because it's like, well, who just walks away from that job at the peak of their career without another job? And, you know, the, the reality was it wasn't about the job. Yes, there were, there were things that, it, you know, I, it was really about me. It was about what was going on for me because I realized that what I was doing didn't light me up. It didn't mm. fulfill me. And so the big, you know, part of the mission, the sabbatical mission and movement that I, I've been on and I've started is really about rewriting the script of success. And so as I look back, it's about, it's about what does it look like for success and fulfillment to be, mm. not be mutually exclusive? Because I was thinking they were mutually exclusive. I was, you know, I say shoulding all over myself, but I had the shackles of should, right? I should stay in this corporate career because I've invested, you know, a quarter of a century. It's sunk cost. I'm too old. It's too late for me to move on or pivot to something new. I had all these stories in my head. But the real reason that I walked away is because it wasn't aligned with the truth of who I am and my purpose. And I just didn't understand what that was yet. So I made the decision to go on a journey to explore and to find out what that meant. And it was, it was scary. Yeah. No, there's a lot of of information to unpack there. Uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to, I might have to bring you back and talk about that aspect of, of the, of the soul, soul searching and what led you to that path. But to, today we're talking about how to ground yourself with the three C's. What does it mean to be grounded? Yeah. And it's, it's so, so that's good. And I think to be honest, it connects exactly to the story that I was just telling because I wasn't being, I wasn't grounded because to me being grounded means that you're centered. It means stability from the inside out, not the outside in. It means deeply rooted in your values and connected to, you know, our signal and our truth and our purpose that's what being grounded to me means. And it's all the deep inner work. It's going inside, going inward, not outward. And that's different than how I was living my life. I was living my life looking for a lot of external validation. Is this equivalent to when you are struggling with, some, uh, with uh, an issue or when you're questioning your choices or whatever it may be in your life, you have something to fall back on and say, 
you know, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what makes me uh, happy and feel fulfilled. Is that along those lines? Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's exactly it. It's clear being clear on your values, being clear on your truth, being clear. So let me let me say it in different words. So this is how I choose. So the subtitle of my book is A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. And so corporate rebel is a key phrase. And I am a rebel and I like to speak in in rebel terms. So I say that, you know, knowing that truth, authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. Right. And the question I love to ask people, so this is another way of saying what you said, is what are you rebelling for? Hmm. Because my view of being grounded and centered is that you are rebelling for who you are, like the truth of who you are, not who somebody's telling you you should be. You're rebelling for what you want, your dream, not someone else's. And you're rebelling for the impact you want to have in the world. Hmm. No, that's... And that's powerful. That's when I think we are really tapping into our soul and showing up as our best selves and tap in, and more importantly, tapping into our greatest potential um, on this earth. Yeah, that, that is indeed very powerful. Now, what are the three C's? Yeah, so, so this is something I've been talking more about. I didn't necessarily write the three C's into my book, but what I did is I kind of extracted what were some of the core principles of staying grounded that can be relevant and helpful to people in, the, you know, in this time of pandemic that we're living through right now. Yeah. I always believe that a crisis comes to teach us something. And that's not to underestimate everything that's going on and the pain and loss and suffering that's happening around COVID-19. But it is to say that for many of us, this is a chance to slow down and that it's really important that we stay grounded and calm because calm is contagious. So the three C's are what ladders up to calm. Care, connection, and creation. All of those ladder up to what I call the big C of calm. And so very quickly, care is all about self-care. Because especially in these challenging times, anxiety and worry and fear and all of those emotions, those are coming up more frequently for most of us. And those wreak havoc on our nervous systems and then they suppress our immune system. So it's really important as a foundational piece that are we, we are doing the basics of caring for ourselves. And by the way, it's a great time to start these practices if you're not already doing them because they help us thrive in any time. So these are simple things like, are you sleeping at least seven or eight hours a night? Are you creating the space for that? Are you hydrating, eating healthy? When moving, right? So many of us, like we're doing right now, we're sitting in front of our computers and Zoom more and more. So get up, move, take a dance break, do whatever you need to do to move around. And a really, really important one is breathing. I have found myself on so many occasions where it's like I'm just shallow breathing. And so what I want to share with everybody is like deep breaths 
that brings us back into, you know, if we talk in neuroscience terms, back into our prefrontal cortex, right? Our executive brain, it gives us more perspective and a higher consciousness. And so I pause like six times a day. I do it from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed and take five deep breaths, like five counts each. So five in, hold for five, five out, hold for five times five. And I do that like six times a day. It's a great way to just check in, be present, reconnect with your body, and it invites calm. So that's one. Yeah, it's interesting how breathing really comes into a lot of, a lot of different industries, experiences, you know, the army, uh, deep divers, speakers who are about to go on stage. It's a, that's a very powerful technique indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, it's so simple, right? We can do it where we're sitting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So care is self-care. What about the second C connection? Yeah. Connection. Connection has two dimensions. It's connection with self and connection with others. And the connection with self, again, is a foundational piece. So this is this is actually what I've been advocating, you know, since the beginning of Solbatical. And I feel like the times we're living in right now, this message is more relevant than ever. Connecting with ourselves is about slowing down and tuning in. And kind of like I said, this, this is the grounded piece, getting reconnected with that little voice inside. You know, I, I talk a lot about the fact that as a culture, we're, we wear busyness as a badge of honor. Frankly, it's an addiction for many of us, and it used to be for me as well. And sometimes I still catch myself in that, in that pattern. I'll be honest, I'm human. Um, and so the self-connection is find that, get reconnected with that little voice because that is our stability. That is our, that's our own personal GPS system that will guide us through and help us weather any storm. And now is the time because this is also about, we get really clear when we listen to that little voice, like, what do we want more of in our lives? What do we want less of? How true are we? How authentically are we living our lives? What are we pretending not to know? Like tuning into that little voice is really powerful. Mm. And once we have that, then we're clear also on what we need. And so that leads to the connection with others piece, which is now we're clear on what we, what we need from others. Maybe sometimes just to get together and laugh, like a lot of the Zoom happy hour sessions that I've been doing. Or it's, you know, asking for help. That's a big one right now. Be vulnerable. Ask for help if you need it, if and where you need it. Ask for the support that you need in this moment. And so that's a big part of connection with others. It isn't always the light, fluffy Zoom happy hour connection. Sometimes it's like, whew, right now I just, I need a friend. I just need somebody to listen. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in, in the last episode of the podcast, I was mentioning something along the lines of, we, we are talking a lot about social distancing right now, which is, yes, it, we need to do it because we want to keep everyone safe. But I almost want to say physical distancing, but somehow finding a way to maintain that social connection. And it's interesting because uh, this past weekend I had a, I did a Zoom meeting, my wife and I and my kids, to, for them to speak to their cousins. Uh, they have cousins in France that they never see ever. But having that, that Zoom meeting and seeing people's faces, uh, even that connection, being able to talk to them, opened up a new 
different way of of them connecting you know we have i have relatives pretty much all over the world but yeah to your point finding a way to connect with people to just <laughs> at least in my uh, in my end to stay sane and yeah. not be so isolated so. Yeah, I feel that. And by the way, I love your distinction between physical distancing and social distancing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and I've trained with her and she has been saying the same thing. This is not about social distancing. We need social connection and humanity coming together more than ever. And we're seeing so many beautiful examples of that from like right. the example you just gave. I also feel like my family is spending more time together virtually than we have in a long time. So there are, there are so many gifts. And I think that's the other thing is like, let's be grateful for the awareness around some of these things where it's like, oh, I want more of that in our lives. Because I think this whole pandemic is really making clear like what matters most to us. Mm -hmm. What do we not want to bring forward from the old normal into the new normal? And what do we want to create for ourselves in the new normal? Like we have the agency to do that. And that feels really empowering. Right. No, absolutely. That that's totally correct. Now, what about the, the final C? So we talked about, uh, We've talked about the three C's. We talked about care, uh, talked about connection, and the next one I believe is creation. Creation, yeah. And so the exactly what we were talking about is the perfect bridge into creation because creation can also mean creativity, but it really is a play on this idea of what do you want to create? Because I think right now in this moment, and I would make this argument for life in general, I think a lot of people are learning this, like there's a lot of power in creation versus consumption. And let's be honest, like I have definitely done my fair share of Netflix binging. Like I'll be honest and I'll raise my hand. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't. Uh, However, I've also used this as time to create space, time to do some of the writing and the creation that I've wanted to do in my own business. Hmm. Um, You know, are there new habits that you want to create Are there new experiences that you want to try or create for yourself? You know, I've just recently, well, probably closer to the beginning of all of this, I was like, you know what? I've always said I want to do breath work and I've never done it. So I joined a friend of mine who's in London. I would have never been able to do live breath breath work with him. And now he's running free sessions and I did it and it was so powerful. And so now I'm going back again and again and I'm realizing like, oh, okay, this is something I want to bring into my life. And I did the same thing with sound baths as a way to just relax and calm my nervous system and almost like another form of meditation. So that's what I mean around creation. Like what, I think it's, you know, the, the, the macro view is like, what do you want to create in your life now and moving forward? And the micro view is like, more literally, what do you want to create, right? You know, tapping into our innate creativity as humans. You, you mentioned, what's a sound bath? Oh my gosh, a sound bath is so amazing. I have a friend who's doing lots of these right now. So it's um, crystal bowls. um, Those, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like, you know, I think used in the Buddhist tradition, but it's beautiful crystal bowls. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Implement. It makes the sound. So you do that in almost a meditation style. So somebody is leading the sound bath where you're just letting it cascade over you. So the sound is creating an almost 
meditative, relaxed state, it is a really beautiful experience. So if, if anybody just Google sound bath, like my friend is, uh, her website is getlofty, L-O-F-T-I.com. Mm-hmm. She and her partner are doing these, um, I think a lot of times for free and they're just, they're, they're incredible. So I would highly, that's another way to stay calm, right? And all of these things, like that brings us full circle because the idea is that all of these ladder up to this big C, of calm. And I'm a big advocate. Like as soon as anxiety, this is another thing Brene talks about. As soon as anxiety comes into a room, it catches on like wildfire. So we set the energetic tempo in our, in our families, in our houses, in our workplaces as leaders, we set that tempo. And I'm advocating for setting the, the energetic tempo of calm and we got this and it doesn't mean that anxiety and fear and worry don't creep up it means we choose to not let them have power over us yeah no that's very good advice now i know there's a lot that that we talked about here the as far as the three c's if if people wanted to do maybe one thing to move the needle further towards being more grounded or feeling more centered what what would you recommend that they do yeah, I think it's, it's well, it's kind of three parts, right? It's slow down, get still, and reconnect with that little voice inside. So said another way, hmm. sit quietly for at least 15 minutes a day. Give yourself that gift to just listen. I mean, the, the, the metaphor that I like to use is like, you know, the snow globes, like you shake up a snow globe and all the snow is, you know, fluttering around and you can't actually see the scene that's inside the little snow globe. And then when everything settles, you can start to see the scene. So it's the same when we get still, we hear things and we see things and we can imagine things again that we just couldn't when it was all so busy and moving a million miles a minute. And, you know, we were just, you know, moving quickly from one thing to the next. And we set when we slow down and get still, we're we're reconnected in such a powerful way. So that is, you know, everybody give yourself permission for just that 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be a guided meditation. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. And if you've got a house full of, you know, family right now, go like either sit in your bathtub or sit in a dark closet for 15 minutes. But getting quiet um, is such an incredible gift. That's very good advice. I think just being mindful and, and being present does miracles to, to the body and then soul. I know because I'm originally from Senegal, West Africa. And when I, when I met my wife, when she came to visit, it felt like every day we spent felt like a month because people were more relaxed and there wasn't this rush to get to places and running. There was a lot of social connections people walking talking to people it was just more relaxing and so every hour that passed felt like uh, literally a day and that's because people were more just they didn't stress over you know what's going to happen next and they just were present think living in the moment yeah you know it's i love that you bring that up because i know we don't have time to go into this but in when i started my sabbatical i was doing some travel and the first place i went was to back to france but to uh an area in France I'd never been to, to spend some time with friends of mine out way out in the countryside mm. near La Rochelle, actually. 
And that was the exact lesson I learned. I was like, oh my God, now I know why I'm here. I'm here because I'm letting go and slowing down. And I'm just letting life kind of move at the pace of the sun. And it was so beautiful. And I was so in the moment. I'm like, how do I capture this? So I talk about a lot of that on my journey, just sort of unpacking my own kind of stuff that I didn't even realize was my stuff. Yeah. No, this is actually a good segue into into well, what, what is a soul bad medical, which is uh, it's something that I believe you branded uh, that you use yeah. in, in your coaching. Can you tell us a little more about that? Well, and where it came from goes all the way back to the story that I told in the beginning of the interview, right? When you said introduce yourself. So right. when I made the decision to leave Harley Davidson to nurture my soul like I said, everybody thought I was crazy. And I was, you know, as a marketer, as a creative person, I was struggling to come up with a handle so I could, I could explain to people what I was trying to do and that there was gravity to this. This is a whole introduction to, into my book that I made up this word, but I literally woke up one morning and I went, I am chief soul officer of my life because if I give myself a title that says I have a responsibility to nurture my own soul, I'm going to honor it because I was very title sensitive, I guess, at that time. And I'm going on a journey that I'm calling my soulbatical because it's not a traditional sabbatical. And so I didn't know, I made up this word. I didn't know ultimately that it was going to become my calling and a business and a book that just came out in January and all the things. But if I distill it down, I mean, there's been so much learning. What I thought I was going to do was take 12 months off work to really dig deep, do the inner work and understand who am I and why am I on this planet? And what I realize now is that I was on that journey so I could share that journey with others and light the way forward. So sabbatical is, in essence, it's a way of being. It doesn't mean you have to leave your work. It doesn't mean you have to leave your job. What it is, is it's a rally cry to live and lead more authentically, more courageously, and more purposefully. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, rewrite the script of success. Like, what does it mean for all of us to live successful, you know, success with fulfillment versus success empty? And that's going to look different for each and every one of us. And all of the C's that I talked about are parts and pieces of sabbatical, right? Because there's radical self-care is a huge piece of it. Self-connection is a huge piece of it creating the life you want is a huge piece of it. So that's honestly the three C's. I'm just talking about them in slightly different ways, but they're really principles of sabbatical. I know that's a good segue. You mentioned the, the, the book, you recently published a book and uh, the, I believe you mentioned the title. It's a, a corporate rebels um, guide to finding your best life. Is that right? Yeah, so the title is Soulbatical, and then that's, yeah, that's the subtitle. So it's Soulbatical with two Bs and one T, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. Yeah, it just came out, um, Simon & Schuster published it just in January of 2020. Okay, oh, perfect. Congratulations, by the way, for publishing that book. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm honored to tell my story. It's a really, so for anybody, if, if any of this has been interesting, the way I would describe the book too is it's, 
part memoir, part manifesto, part mm-hmm. interactive guide. So you go on this wild journey with me, understanding like my story and my journey, but really I'm also helping you reflect on your own life. So there are questions at the end of each section. So there's a little bit of soul searching that happens. And that was, you know, honestly me feeling like I was sort of carrying the torch on the, the hero's journey or the heroine's journey, I suppose. Right. No, that that's great. Yeah. Now, where can people find the book? Where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find the book anywhere books are sold. Um, I would recommend actually right now during the pandemic, they, um, the publishers all created a website called bookshop.org. And it's books are shipped directly from the publisher and the proceeds are going to help indie bookstores survive during this time. And indie bookstores are very close to my heart. So anybody who wants to support their indie bookstore, um, that's a US specific thing right now. It's not available in Canada or anywhere else in the world. Otherwise, just order it from wherever you typically order books. I know for a lot of people, it's Amazon. And if you want to learn more about me and dig into my work, go to soulbatical.com. Again, two Bs, one T. That has pretty much everything. You can sign up for my monthly newsletter called Soul Fuel. You can, you know, dig into some of my writing and some of my, you know, my interviews, my work. You get a little more, you know, sense and a flavor for who I am. You can actually get a free chapter of my book. So, Um, That might be a fun way to start diving in. And then the last thing I would say is you can find me on LinkedIn as Shelly Paxton with Shelly with an EY and on Instagram at soulbatical is kind of my playground. Awesome. That sounds great. No, I I like the, even the title of the new newsletter, newsletter, that's that's, some deep meanings in there, but absolutely, absolutely. I will put these in the show notes for the, for the episode. And uh, like I said, this was uh, very interesting. There's a lot more we could have uh, dug into. Like I said, I might invite you back depending on how busy you are and and what we can work out. Uh, But yeah, thank you very much, Shelly, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun talking to you. That was my interview with Shelly, and I hope you found it insightful. My takeaway after speaking with Shelly is that it's never too late to make a change. It may be scary, it may be intimidating, but it's never too late. There's a quote by Caroline Miss that says that the soul always knows what to do to heal itself. The challenge is to silence the mind. Think about that for a second. Your soul always knows what to do to heal itself. But the challenge is for you to silence your mind enough that you can actually hear that. If you silence your mind enough to listen to your subconscious mind, to listen to that tiny little voice inside your head and trust your instincts, you'll always make decisions that make you feel fulfilled, happy and comfortable. But for that to happen, you need to take a second away from the daily grind and be present with your thoughts and only your thoughts and ask yourself, How do I feel about my current situation? Then and only then will you take the first step to your true and authentic self and your happiness. The solution may be doing something as drastic as leaving a high profile job like Shelley did, or it may be as simple as changing your mindset, changing how you see your work. Unfortunately, not everyone will be able to to leave their jobs and and, uh, do something as drastic as that, 
even though you may want to. So you have to find that middle ground and make it work for you. My advice to you is this, at the very least, you owe it to yourself to find what truly makes you happy and figure out a plan for how you can strike a balance between making a living and doing what makes you happy. I hope you truly do. If this episode left you a tiny bit happier and a tiny bit more motivated, do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. It really helps the show rank better, which means more people can benefit from its message of motivation, positivity, and resilience. Thank you for spending a fraction of your valuable time with me today. I appreciate you, and I pray that you continue to stay safe and motivated. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com. 